You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to uh, the recap. The whole draft. It's done. We've killed it. We've we did it. We did it. Inarticulate cheese noises. Let's go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so we should, because people are going to listen from it, uh, uh, listen to this from the top down, we should talk about the first two days too. So yeah. let's start with that. Yeah. Quay Walker got drafted 22nd overall. I feel like we're pretty much okay with that pick at this point. I, I know we should, we should be more than okay with that pick. It's a hell yeah. of a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I, I loved him, but the instant reaction, which was predictable, was just like, that's not a receiver, even though, you know, all the receivers went like, again, Dotson went 16th, right? That's that still blows, still blows my mind. Still don't get it. Um, they drafted Devontae White, the interior defensive lineman out of Georgia, uh, with the what, 28th overall pick. We all like the player. The, the off-field stuff isn't great, but he's probably going to end up starting for the team, even in nickel sets. He's probably going to outsnap probably even Dean Lowry at this point um, in this upcoming year. And it's, it's good for them to get defensive line depth. We talked, Tex and I talked about this all season in the post-game recaps. Um, only having five guys suited up for game day was, was not a winning plan. And it seems like they've addressed the defensive line at least multiple times in this draft. It's like they also got a guy that's not just a guy. It was usually just like Kenny Clark and a few guys like Dean Lowry had a pretty good year, all things considered, but no one else that was like an actual game changer on the line. So coming away with yeah, a guy like freak Devontae. Athlete. Yeah. Yep. Coming yep. away with a guy like Devonte Wyatt uh, on the field should be considered a huge win because the combination of him and Kenny is going to be pretty terrifying for offensive linemen. I mean, you know, you're going to face if you face San Francisco's interior offensive line again. You thought Kenny Clark gave them trouble. Now imagine they have another guy they got to deal with. He's he's easily the best real three tech the Packers have had since Mike Daniels, for sure. Oh yeah, Absolutely. I don't think, and, and it's not close. Yeah, I mean, he's given you more than Kingsley gave you for sure. Um, obviously, round two. If you're a Packers fan, you've heard about it already. Package two second-round picks to move all the way up to uh, 34th overall with the Minnesota Vikings, which not only is it a gut wrench that they, they gave up so much in a trade. I understand the player. I understand the clip of uh, Brian Gutekunst saying, you know, get it, I want the player that, that's floating around. I understand that. I understand that. They still gave up a little bit too much, and they gave it a little bit too much mm-hmm. to a division rival, which is a bummer. Um, I think we were all cool with the player. We had talked about it in, like, the Twitter spaces before day two that if he was there in the 50s, we would have taken him. But to give up, you know, two second-round picks, you're spending on him. We did the math, and it was, what, a second-round pick and Devontae Adams for Quay Walker and Christian Watson is essentially what the trade amounts to? Yep, half of Christian Watson. But you gave the second-round pick. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You yeah, gave the second-round yeah, yeah. pick and Devontae. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's it, right? It's it's we, we were We were perfectly fine with the player – without the move up, but uh, the, the board clearly based on 
everything that everyone was saying is there's no way that Watson would have been there in the fifties. Um, given the fact that there were a bunch of other receivers that did go in that second round in the, those intervening picks, it's pretty clear that, that he was going to go uh, somewhere fairly early in that second round. So if they, if they wanted him, they had to get up there and it sounded like, sounded like they wanted to get up there to 32 to, to Minnesota because yeah. they had that pick as well, tried to make that move. And, the, the reporting, right, was that Minnesota said, no, we don't want you to have a, a fifth year, have the opportunity to use a fifth year option on a wide receiver. So, <laughs> no, we're going to make you do it at 34 instead. <laughs> and uh, to, to their credit, they knew that they had to move. I mean, there, yeah. there wasn't that many outside of Alec Pierce. I don't know if there was a wide receiver for them to take. And who knows if Alec Pierce would have been there if they would have sat pretty and had a team, you know, another team hop ahead of them. Um, we had talked to uh, Eric Galco, who now runs the uh, Shrine game. Um, or Shrine Bowl, sorry, they changed the name, um, in our Twitter spaces today. And he was saying, you know, there's another team that traded back and, and wanted to uh, get a guy like Tyquan Thornton. Like, they assumed that a guy like that would still be available in the second round, and then they got jumped by the Patriots. And we kind of put two and two together. It's probably the Colts who ended up taking Alec Pierce in the, in, in the spot that the Packers drafted, right? So, like, that's yeah. – it seems like everyone thought the run on wide receivers was probably going to end in the first round. And then you started seeing guys like John Mechie fly off the board super early in the second. And you're yeah. like, okay, this isn't stopping anytime soon. I, we, Acme Packing Company has been getting hammered in the comments, just Christian Watson. And it's like, you know, feels, I keep thinking to myself, like, are we just being like super negative about it? And I think it comes off that way because there are other people in the Packers space that are like, this is the greatest pick that they have ever made. He's fine. The, the player is fine. It's the trade. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's the it's trade. Just the it's trade. the trade that's annoying. And, and yeah, you, you divorce, you have to divorce the process from the player. We talked about AJ Dillon a little bit the other day and yeah. how he's a great player and we love having him on the team, but still using a second round pick on that was still not a great process. You can hit on bad processes sometimes. It does happen, but I mean, yeah, Gary it, was another one. They had just paid two edge rushers and they spent like what the 12th overall pick for the third edge rusher. And it didn't pan out until he didn't start until year three. And yep. now, now yeah. it's great. You, even, you'd rather have it, but even that one, like the, the process, I don't mind. I don't mind taking a ridiculously athletic edge rusher in the top 15. Um, it, it's, it's a different story when, you know, when you're taking a running back in the second round or in this case, the the numbers on the trade that's that's kind of what boils down to for me too is is not only did they make that big trade up and, and trade the two for the two second round picks but they also lost a lot of value in that trade and that was as much as anything what i was so frustrated about um was just the the way the trade broke out too it's a i think it's a testament to the current wide receiver market you know we're seeing all of these wide receivers make huge money and these teams trying to get rid of the guys with pending contracts because they want talented receivers on cheaper deals so the draft value on these receivers is becoming enormous like you said john mechie should not have been a second round pick like full stop to me teams are trading first round picks to pay hollywood brown on his yes. contract aj brown can't get a deal done with titans like it's it's crazy um, the yeah. last pick in the third round was Sean Ryan, the left tackle out of UCLA. Um, they talked about him, you know, potentially playing inside, playing outside. The Packers are the Packers, so they're going to move these guys around anyway. Like anything yeah. less than snapping the ball wouldn't surprise me, right, for, for, for yeah. this guy. Um, yeah. He's 21 years old, had three years uh, starting left tackle at UCLA. I actually ended up watching just one game of film uh, before I passed out last night. Pretty cool. 
pretty cool guy. Like uh, yeah. I was watching him against uh, LSU. They were doing a bunch of funky things, doing a bunch of like the swinging gate stuff, that that tricky dicky stuff, so that they could beat the Tigers. I'm sure they spent a lot of time on that to win that one single game and then get smacked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he's a pretty fun guy. I, I expect a decent amount of him. And then I guess we could talk about Zach Tom here too, uh, the second pick in the fourth round, just because they're both offensive linemen. I mean, yeah. Zach Tom, Wake Forest, uh, famously shut down the FSU pass rusher, Jermaine uh, Johnson, who got drafted in the first round by the uh, New York Jets. Uh, I mean, having these two guys compete and not co- not only compete at right tackle with uh, Nyman, but also right guard with Newman in- until, you know, Jenkins comes back and then who knows what's going to happen when they reshuffle that line. I mean, they got talent now and they have depth. I mean, that's the one thing that they didn't have. They had a bunch of talent, like they were probably what, like, six seven guys deep but in previous years they had been nine guys deep and they've had to get down to that ninth guy before so now they got these guys i uh i liked brian gudekin's comment today when i asked about like do you guys just only like drafting left tackles in the draft and he was like it's not that it's the left tackles it's just we love drafting superiors on the offensive line and for colleges they typically just put their most athletic guy at left tackle so i like i I think we said it before i I talked about how much i like zach toms the fact that he landed there that was probably my favorite pick of the whole day or the entire weekend honestly just phenomenal player very interesting background going from center to left tackle at wake forest and he did both quite well so uh he's probably gonna end up we've talked about it probably end up being the backup center but he absolutely has a job here, and I hope he gets an opportunity to play at some point. Well, he's he's getting that roster spot, right? He's yeah. getting the roster spot, so you no longer have to uh, roster. Who's the Oregon uh, center? I always forget his name. You're Jake the Hansen. Oregon guy, I know, dude. I know I am, but he's yeah. not very good. Jake, Jake Hansen. Hansen. <laughs> yep. I, I don't count him as an Oregon player, unlike uh, Marcus Mariota. Marcus well, one of the other comments that Goody made tonight that I thought was interesting, though, is that he said a lot of the times when you're going into the draft, the Packers already have like 10 or 11 offensive linemen on the roster. He said right now they've only got like eight or nine coming yeah. into the draft. So clearly they needed bodies. That much was very clear. Um, so so it, it shouldn't really surprise anybody. I don't think that they ended up you know, acquire, acquiring three guys in the draft. We'll get to the third one later, but um, yeah, just, th- and I think I saw this is the third year in a row that the Packers have drafted three offensive linemen. Yeah. Cause they go with them pretty late. Right. Yeah. And then they have a, like a lot of these retirement th- stuff and yep. all that. yeah. So, so a lot of day three guys last year, obviously going uh, uh, with the center, Josh Meyer second round. Um, but yeah, there there's, he loves his big guys. I do too. Keep yeah. keep twelve up. That's it. Seems yeah. like a, a pretty good plan of action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of day three, this day three run starts with uh, Romeo Dubs. Dubs. Dobbs? Dobbs. It, Apparently, uh, it's Dobbs. Okay. Yeah. It said We're gonna Dubs. mess that up for a while. Literal, yeah. literal oh. pronunciation guides I've read have it two different ways. So I'm still very confused. <laughs> they they couldn't Dobbs. even get it straight when they asked him straight out about it in his media availability on the conference call um apparently apparently though he finally like cleared it up it is pronounced dobbs but some of his friends call him dubs and so that got everybody all confused but so dubs dobbs 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 (laughs) uh back-to-back 1000 yard receiver right we talked about him uh last episode as a guy that you know potentially they can target in day three we manifested it. They did the thing we did that it. We wanted them to do. This is great. I love <laughs> manifesting it. is no longer bullshit. It's real. <laughs> we did it. 
So he, he's got pretty good speed. I, I think they said that he ran like a four four seven at his uh, pro his like one off pro day because he still wasn't healthy enough to participate in Nevada's. I first had thought he hadn't ran this entire spring, right? Um, I didn't realize that until after the pick was made. He has all the size stuff that you want in Green Bay. Um, the effort for blocking, I would say, isn't probably great, but mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll figure it out, man. Like he's a pretty young guy. He's a, he's a position mm-hmm. convert too. Um, we looked it up. He had like something like 28 rushing touchdowns at the high school level and like only five receptions because he played in like a weak T offense. He's going to figure it out. I mean, he's a great athlete. I wouldn't be surprised um, if he sees the field a little earlier than people anticipate, as long as he can prove that he can stay on the field and running downs. Right. I mean, the problem is you, you probably love to have him on third downs in the same way that you'd love to have him on the field, like Tunyon, right? Like you wrote, just rotate him in, take Lazard off because he's obviously got more speed than Lazard. But if, it sticks out like a sore thumb that every single time Dobbs is on the field, that it's going to be a pass that's going to end up hurting the team. So he's got yeah. to be able to be a little bit more consistent there. Well, Fuller can coach that end of him. He that's part of his personality is wide receivers who block. So he'll make sure he figures it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing with him is, is the route tree, right? He's going to have to develop a little more complete route tree because in that air raid offense in Nevada, he's pretty much running nines most of the time oh yeah he and, was just like know, an outside and, specific guy yeah sure. and then do, doing a little bit of stuff like like outs, out, outside the numbers along the sideline and that's pretty much it so yeah he'll have to he'll have to work on some of those in-breaking routes a little bit but the Packers have done really well developing route runners over the years so I have every confidence that they'll be able to to bring him along to give listeners hope too he does have a little wiggle like in the red zone he did a nice job of creating separation yeah. so like it's sure. definitely there he, yeah, the, the skill set, right? Yeah, the athletic yeah. ability is there for sure. He's also like, is fearless. Like, I don't yes. know how to explain that other than saying he's fearless. Like, that, he'll catch that stuff one... in a triple coverage and like, it looks like his head is going to get knocked off and then he just like ends up stepping up perfectly fine. You're like, holy crap, this guy hauls there, in everything. There's one play that you tweeted out a while back uh, about him and then retweeted it today saying, you fools, you gave this guy to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Like this, this ridiculous contested catch that's that's thrown into you know a window the size of a bread box over the middle between three defenders and he and he hauls this in. So, so I, we were already excited after the first two picks. I had already started up a uh, a Twitter Spaces after that and had rallied the troops into excitement. And then they come back and grab one of the steals in the draft, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion. You look at the consensus draft board. Um, we had looked up. Uh, who was it? Warren Sharp tweeted out uh, a list of like the best draft picks relative to the consensus draft board. And, and, uh, Egnabari was third, I believe on it. Yep. And the Packers also had another selection in the top three that we'll talk about in a little bit, but the South Carolina edge rusher was available there in the fifth round. People thought he was probably going to go in the third round, right? Like yep. that's where the consensus was on him. Wasn't a great tester at the combine, but that's not really who he is anyway. He's a great edge setter. Um, the fact that you could just get any depth in the fifth round on for an edge rusher is a plus. Like we talked about this on day two, right? I mean, we kind of thought the run on edge rushers was over. I thought he was going to go pretty high, uh, you know, day, day, uh, three, but he ends up being there in the fifth. They just pick him up and now we got a backup and Hey, a backup pass rusher in the fifth. That's perfectly fine. A lot of teams are paying those guys like five, $6 million to come off of the bench and the package just save that immediately. And they can still have room for adding a veteran. You know, we've talked, mm-hmm. we talked about the pre-draft plan. If you can get a, you know, a depth edge guy and then another veteran, boom, you have a second 
the pass rushers. And I know, uh, I know that's something that they desperately need in today's NFL. So uh, I liked Enigbari. I had a day two grade on him. So the fact that the Packers came away on day three with, I think it's a two and a half guys with day, day two grades. I give Enigbari a half just to try and be like a little more conservative, but man, great, great start to day three. We were flying high. <laughs> like oh my gosh. Round four. Um, we were, we were full pants off excitement, you know, after those first couple picks. And obviously there was a big break until round seven. And, and once you get into round seven, you're taking, you're just taking lottery, you know, drawing lottery tickets on athletes, but um, getting three guys that I think are, are going to be real productive members of this team. Um, you can't ask for much more than that on day three. The surprise, I think of the draft is that they did finally move around a little bit. He traded down, Goot traded down for the first time since he got that first round pick uh, back from the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people thought, hey, the Packers aren't going to make 11 picks in the draft. They traded up. They said, hey, they're not going to make 10 picks in the draft. Not only did they make 11 picks in the draft, they made four picks in the seventh round, which kind of reaffirms what Mark Murphy and Goot had said this entire you know spring, which was, the depth of this draft, like the, the money spot is an undrafted free agency in the very late rounds. Like that's where you see that extra COVID year of eligibility really boosting these guys up. The first selection was Tariq Carpenter, who was brought in on a visit. Mind you, they drafted six guys, I believe, yep. uh, that were in on visits. Uh, Goot had only drafted nine previously since 2018, so visits matter now. Um, Carpenter is a hybrid safety linebacker. He was a strong safety at Georgia Tech who played in the box a lot. He's 220 pounds, um, played at the Hula Bowl, did very well at the Hula Bowl, got the call up to uh, the Senior Bowl because the Senior Bowl can't pluck away Shrine Game guys anymore because they're playing on the same week. So he gets the call up late to the Senior Bowl, I believe due to injury, does pretty well there, gets enough interest from Green Bay to bring in on a visit. They say, hey, we kind of like you. He tests super athletically, and now he's probably coming in as primarily a special teams guy who's going to help in like uh kickoff. He's going to help in punt protection. I, uh, people are probably surprised. Like those guards and tackles and stuff on punt protection are usually like Ty Summers because then you have, not only do you have to block for a little bit, then you have to run downfield like 40 yards. Yeah. Like they're not using <clears throat> offensive linemen for that. So he's probably going to help in that way. And they'll probably try to figure out some sort of way to get him on the field at defense. They said uh, in the presser, you know, they're still looking at him as a linebacker and a defensive back. So they, they want their hands on him before they make the, kind of that decision. The he, hottest – go ahead. He, he profiles so closely to Oren Burks. Mm -hmm. um, the, the college safety sort of transition to linebacker, uh, special team stud. They, they're almost exactly the same size, speed, and explosiveness. Uh, the only real major difference between them athletically is that Carpenter had pretty, like, rough agility times and Oren Burks was was elite in terms of a change of direction skills but that's that's all it is and so as far as you know going down there on punt and kick coverage he's going to be a heat-sicking missile and is going to be great and I think Rich Bisacci is going to be really excited to have a guy like him the hottest phrase you could hear in Thrun pick is four phase special teamer <laughs> <laughs> there were, well, yeah we got that a couple times Ooh. Um, the next and also, oh, also, ahead. I just want to, one other point where I'm just, cause I haven't watched him on tape, but I'm totally sold. He wears a bunch of armbands. I see a guy wearing a bunch of armbands. I'm like, that guy plays football. <laughs> the next pick was Jonathan Ford out of Miami. Pretty interesting guy, right? So he's 
he was uh, weighed in at like 330, but Miami had used him as a three technique and he didn't test out very athletically, right? So you're thinking big guy plays the small guy position and is not very athletic. What's happening there? His production wasn't very good. Um, maybe I would guess that they're probably going to try him as a nose tackle and like look at him and Slayton. And maybe that's what gets Kenny Clark to play at DN full time. I mean, can you imagine if Slayton takes a big jump this summer and he's playing, he's starting at nose tackle and we get Kenny and uh, Wyatt at DN? That's a whole oh. lot of athleticism. I mean, that's oh, more man. athleticism than Dean brings, right? So if For he sure. can develop into that, <laughs> that backup nose tackle, I mean, how long did Tyler Lancaster last? on this roster like if he's any decent he'll, he'll stick yeah i'm yeah, fanning myself <laughs> thinking of that honestly i love kenny whenever he kicks outside man he can be absolutely lethal um and yet slayton showed some flashes my concern with slayton is just can he stay on the field for that long yeah one of the fun things about ford is he said he was middle school teammates with slayton back in florida <laughs> imagine imagine the lunchroom at that middle school having to feed those two big boys um, but he's also got a, a, another connection because Jonathan Garvin was a DN at Miami, uh, Packers seventh round pick a year or two ago, too. So he's got some some connections there in, in Green Bay. And uh, hopefully that'll make his transition, at least off the field, pretty easy. If I were an NFL team, I think I would just pay a guy full time, hang around on the youth fields of, of South Florida and just like oh. find all the Paul, Paul Bunyan like myth stories. And like, we'll just keep tabs on these guys, like as they go through college and stuff like that. Smart. I mean, South, South Florida is nuts in terms of like the per capita football players. I know everyone looks at like the, uh, we do a bad job of just diagnosing regions in general. Like when, when we consume geography, but like whenever this maps come out and are like, you know, pro NFL players per state, if you would have just like looked at South Florida, that is the richest ground in, in like football prospects, recruits, whatever you want to call them in the world by far. Recent MVP out of there, Lamar Jackson. Yes, sir. The next pick was Rashid Walker. Another guy that they brought in on a visit, uh, the offensive tackle out of Penn state. He played left tackle for them. Very much a tools guy who definitely does not have like the consistency was talked about as a guy who, you know, could go round three, could go round four. Um, this was actually, I believe, on Warren Sharp's list was the highest or, or the best selection in terms of like where he went versus where he was projected to go in the entire draft. And, and this is one of the reasons why you're probably going to see the Packers with, you know, A and B grades when everyone does their like instant reaction grading every team in the league for their draft stuff. So it's exciting. I mean, he's probably you, you look just from like a numbers perspective, right? He's probably going to battle like Cole Van Lennon for a, a yeah. roster spot. He's not promised a roster spot just because he got drafted. And maybe he does make a practice squad and that's what he did. He, he does need. And maybe he doesn't make the team until next year or something like that. But it's nice to have him, you know, at least in camp at the very least. Yeah. For a seventh round pick, that's not bad at all. My comp for him was literally Jason Spriggs. And I think they obviously <laughs> overdrafted Jason Spriggs, but a practice right. squad version of that, I don't hate. My problem is like, I honestly, I had a day three. So I thought he got drafted about where he should have been because he always ends up on his ass. Like he has some real balance problems. Uh, Not always. Not there's always. the one video. There's the <laughs> one video where somebody else ends up at his ass. And he does a, a couple of nice little thrusts on the, uh, on the ground too. <laughs> that's true. Uh, he also doesn't do a great job of handling inside pass rush moves. I've noticed. So yeah, that's where the Jason Spriggs comp came for me, like super tools, even struggles with some of these things. Um, but yeah, for the seventh round pick, you know, if he can develop, that's phenomenal. 
The good news is what? We need like two airplane crashes and four bus crashes before Walker has to play tackle for the Packers. Like this is the spot that he could actually like learn and develop. And there's like yep. no pressure. So the Yash Nyman effect. Exactly. A hundred percent. Um, the last pick that the Packers made, Samari Toure, the wide receiver. Yeah. We had talked about him this entire process, too. Uh, is going to be a gunner, is going to be a wide receiver. He came from Montana, was an FCS All-American there, transferred to Nebraska for his final year, started nine games. Fun guy. I mean, very athletic. Um, the fact that, I mean, after the Watson pick, right, on day, uh, after day two, Good said, you know, we're not settled at the wide receiver position. People were like, okay, maybe they might draft one more wide receiver or add one more veteran. They drafted two more. So this is officially like Amari Rogers. You need to earn a roster spot. Like you could get cut. Yep. Uh, I watched, I did not watch him on tape, but literally right before this podcast, I watched a five minute YouTube highlight. And now I'm convinced Samari Toure is the greatest receiver on the roster. I told you I watched him at Montana a couple of times because he's, he's fun. Boy. He's 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 not bad. He's not bad. He can make this team. I'm telling you guys. Another triple dip at receiver too. It's the second yeah. time Goody's done it in his drafts. He did it in all three, you know, day three picks in 2018. Um, I I, I kind of had a I just I had a feeling with those four seventh round picks that they were going to take a guy like Toure or like a Kevin Austin or an Isaiah Weston. Both of those guys ended up going undrafted and have signed elsewhere. But um, yeah, between those three guys, you could give me any one of those and I would have been perfectly happy just based on the tools. So vibe check. I want to give a recap. Day one, we were at like a seven. After day two, because of the trade-up, we were at like a five. We're, I'm at a 10. Full 10 out of 10 now. Like, this was a great draft. <laughs> this day three is exactly like what you hope your team does on day three. They grabbed all the guys who were dropping. They grabbed the athletic guys who, like, fit what they need. They grabbed the athletic guys that they brought in on visits and are going to help on special teams. Outside of the Ford pick, because the Ford pick seems kind of weird, outside of that, I'm happy with every single one of them. I wouldn't change a damn thing. I'm going nine because the trade is going to annoy me. Even yep. if it works out, even if it works out and Christian Watson is the greatest. But like, just, it's going to be flicking at my ear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It'll, it'll nag at me for a little while, but uh, no, as, as far as Saturday goes, I'm, I'm yeah, absolutely 10, 10 out of 10. No question about it. This oh, was Saturday, Saturday, and a Saturday alone, 10 out of 15. 10. Oh. 15 Over, yeah. out of 10. <laughs> Saturday, I mean, Saturday is, again, Saturday is why the Packers are going to be ranked, like A's, B's, whatever it is in, in these post-draft grades. Yeah, and, and as much as I love Dubs, and that was the one that, that we manifested, and as much as we know that, that Zach Tom was the platonic ideal of a Green Bay Packers offensive lineman, <laughs> it's really it's really Enigbari that seals the deal. Yes. It's because you needed an edge. Um, and because you got such great value with him at, at the end of round five, that's what really pushes it over the top. So let's talk about this draft and how it unfolded a little bit, because there's two positions they didn't hit that I am kind of surprised by, right? Yeah. Not corner necessarily because they're so stacked in terms of the guys who are actually going to play, right? Like even there's an injury, Shamar John Charles is probably going to come off of the bench and he's going to play in the slot. Um, he was a draft pick last year. That shouldn't be surprising to anyone, right? Um, they brought in uh, another guy from the Raiders, uh, Nixon, who's going to be a kind of like special teams ace type of guy. So 
defensive back isn't that shocking. I just thought that they would have added at least one more body, especially at safety. Um, the other one is tight. You end. were no, you were no safety guy though. I was no safety no, guy. No, I but know. In the spaces, I was like, let's. It, it's Tyson Anderson time. Like as soon as yeah. the fifth round hit. Yeah, you were no, you were no safeties through like the first three or four rounds. Yeah, Belton right. went in the fourth, and that hurt me because I thought Belton yeah. was going to be the sneaky Packers seventh round pick. Like no one paid attention to his FCS film before he jumped up to Iowa and just killed it in the slot and special teams. But the Giants ended up taking him, unfortunately, and he's going to probably do really well under Wink. Uh, there with the Giants but um, the other position is tight end I mean they didn't yep. add a single guy I thought you know fourth round there was potential for Ferguson the Cowboys drafted him uh, a couple picks before they were on the clock in the fourth and then the other guy we had talked about the entire time like the ace in the back pocket was going to be a uh, Fitzpatrick out of Georgia the Y who's just you know he's a blocking tight end but he's a very good blocking tight end I thought they were going to grab him he ends up going in the sixth round to the uh, Atlanta Falcons they don't have a sixth round pick because they spent it or they spent their fifth round pick on Kingsley and Igbare, which is totally fine, but that's kind of a bummer. I thought they were going to be able to grab him. So they don't have a single one and not to spoil the uh, undrafted free agency talk, but they haven't added one in undrafted free agency either. So there's, they're sitting pretty. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that uh, Brian Gudikin said that he does like the guys that they have in that room right now. Um, he mentioned Tyler Davis specifically as a guy that he thinks can take a step and, and maybe give them something uh, as a, as a true why I don't know. You know, I don't know how much you project uh, an undrafted guy like that, who he, he had off a, a Jaguars practice squad, right? <laughs> he had four. I forgot he, last year. I forgot zero. he existed. Yeah. He had you that just one said that real... name. And I was like, that yeah. can't be the right name. I thought you, I thought you were talking about a completely different position. And I was like, Holy shit. Tyler Davis exists. That was he had that one great catch up the seam late in the season, but that was like the only thing that he did all year. Yeah, and he had zero as a rookie with the Jaguars. So I mean, he's seen more of him in practice than we're seeing in games, right? I, I think we talked about that uh, in season about Tyler Davis. People asking us questions. I'm like, how would we know? Like, I, I'm like just being frank. Like, how would we know? Georgia Tech, you know, he transferred in there to to get some playing time, and then uh, from Kentucky or from uh, Connecticut, and then he didn't play with the Jags, and then he didn't do much uh, ca- pass catching with the Packers. So if anyone has any you know thoughts on that, it's probably the coaching staff and the general manager, and those are the only people who have access to that film. So yep. maybe point. he will be. But um, in terms of undrafted free agents, what I thought was interesting, one, again, not only uh, these are the same positions, right? They didn't add a safety. They haven't added a tight end. That's really interesting to me. I mean, is the t- – they're, they rostered five safeties pretty much the entire season last year. If they sit with five right now, that means there's going to be no cuts. It's going to be Amos, Savage, Vernon Scott, Sean Davis, and Ennis Gaines. That's, yep. uh, that's very <laughs> – yeah, that is a little surprising. I do – I want to talk about the one UDFA that actually got me fired up, and that's uh, Tyler Goodson at Iowa. Yep, yeah. So I, I, I didn't watch a ton of running backs, mostly because I didn't expect the Packers to get anyone. But like one guy, whenever I watched Iowa, I really enjoyed was Goodson because he is like, you know, a smaller back. But, you know, when I see him, he's a perfect third down back, you know, a guy with a little wiggle um, can catch passes out of the back. He had caught 31 passes last year. So that's nice. Um, I'm rooting for him. I think, you know, the Packers for as deep as their running back room is, they lack that third down back kind of guy. So would really like to see uh, if you know if Goodson can make the roster. Wow, this is Kylan Hill erasure. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> wow. say that's. Well, that's we don't know be... when he's coming back. To be fair, that's yeah, fair. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because yeah, he he 
he blew his ACL on that hit in the Cardinals game, which was like mid late October, same day as so, Robert Tunyon. Yeah. So, I mean, if he were, if he were to be ready for the start of training camp, that would be like a nine month recovery time, which is pretty, pretty accelerated. So yeah. I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's a, you know, maybe he's another pup candidate um, to start yeah. the year on, on that list and, and kind of work himself back in. And maybe that does give Goodson a chance to, I mean, um, it's only one injury away at that point, right? Someone right. gets dinged up in a preseason game and he makes the roster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and we, Patrick Taylor's had injury issues for, you know, for the last couple mm-hmm. of years. So um, there's no guarantee there with him too. So no, I think that was, that's easily the the top guy on the the Packers undrafted free agent list that, that I'm excited about as well. Not Caleb Jones. Yeah. You've got takes on, on Indiana offensive lineman, Caleb Jones, the, the tweet that, that brought him to my attention was just tremendous. Uh, shout out to, to Matthew Goinatsky on Twitter, who says that he is the closest thing to the high, how high would you draft a bear argument? Because <laughs> the guy is six foot nine and 370 pounds, and he basically moves like a, I mean, he's a pylon. He can't move. <laughs> we we he, saw uh, he had a 20 inch vertical, and, and or he had a 21 inch vertical. Paul, who writes for us, and is not young uh <laughs> jumped to, <laughs> jump to 20 so he's yeah. got he's got lawyer hops <laughs> i uh yeah i don't i don't jones I, I i think he's gonna have a hard time getting even on the practice squad uh he was very bad for iu i think i, I don't want to be mean but i think he got Penix hurt at least once the one guy you know again galco hopped in our uh, twitter space and has talked about some of these east west shrine game guys uh, George Moore from Oregon, he said he played, you know, left and right side. He played guard and tackle. We looked up his agility scores. It's generally uh, pretty good, like rel- like what the Packers look at, you know, athletically. So if there was one guy on the offensive line that you tab as, like, this guy might make, like, the practice squad or has maybe the chance to sneak in at the end of the roster, I think it's pretty hard for a guy to do that in the situation that he's in. But, like, at least practice squad, I would say him. Um, the wide receivers they drafted or they they brought in just two giant dudes. Um, one Anthony Turner from a school like I don't even know. It's like Grandview or something. It's an NAI school. Grand was it Grand Valley? No, it wasn't Grandview. Grand oh, geez, that's yeah, what no. I thought. I thought it was Grand <laughs> Valley, and I'm like, oh, that's a D2 powerhouse. And they're like, no, Grandview in Iowa. It's an NAI school. There's um, a suburb of Columbus called Grandview. That's the only that's the only frame of reference that I have. And then a Kiki Chisholm from uh, Missouri. These are both massive dudes. LaFleur just had, he, he really is a size queen. Like he will not roster a guy who's not like six, three, 215 pounds. He won't do it. You can't make him. Is he overcompensating for his own, his own height? I love LaFleur to death. Don't get me wrong, but I don't mean to be mean to LaFleur. That man can do whatever he wants, but I will say that he doesn't need to be tall. Like the, it's yeah. like actors, right? They're all uh, five eight. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. Packers did the Packers did get some great names in the undrafted free agent class? Oh, though amazing. Chauncey Manak, Raleigh Tejada, uh, Hawati Putuato, and Kiki Kism. Like that's that's a that's an all you didn't NFL even go name with, uh, team. Khalif Bryce. I didn't. Yeah, you I miss, forgot about Khalif Bryce and Akil Byers. <laughs> you're, you're you're missing some. Yeah. They, they, uh, they got a safety, Trey Sterling. 
Okay. They did get it. Yeah. Uh, just, just that one just came down about five minutes ago. Uh, o- Oklahoma State safety. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I remember when I was trying to turn on some Oklahoma State tape during, I think it was Big Tail 12 championship, something like that. A lot of people were saying to watch him. Uh, I did not. I got obsessed <laughs> with Bay. I, I watched Baylor's Jalen Petrie and that game, it was game over. He's, he's interesting. He must have gotten hurt in 2021 because he was a, a full year starter in 2019 and 2020. I had 70 tackles each of those two seasons. Uh, in 20, he had two picks, uh, took one back for a touchdown. 2019, he had eight pass breakups and an interception. So sounds like he's got some ball skills. Um, be interesting to, to see where, you know, I, I, we'll have to see if we can find his, his testing numbers at some point and see where he matches okay. up. The one guy who I was excited about didn't end up coming to Green Bay, and this wasn't me hoping someone would sign. He like it was reported he had signed. Uh, Glenn Logan, the defensive lineman out of LSU, he runs a sub five forty yard yep. dash. Is a big defensive tackle. He played at like three thirty, but then slimmed down to like uh, just south of three hundred pounds um, for for the pro day. Those are incredible numbers for a guy that big. And I was like, wow, this guy might end up making the roster. He ends up getting uh, stolen by the Browns who gave him, you know, $60,000 guaranteed, which is not insignificant for an undrafted free agent like that. You, you go do that. Like if you, if you, if you're an agent and you tell a player to turn down that much guaranteed money as an undrafted free agent, you're doing a bad job. So I don't blame him for it. I was just excited to have him. And then he was ripped away. Um, That's interesting that they added a safety. So now they have, um, I believe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven of the 14 guys are now on the defensive side. Um, they have 89 guys on the roster. So there should be one more undrafted free agent that should be coming up at some point uh, soon. The roster numbers are kind of interesting. Again, they still only have five safeties, or now they have six safeties, but that still seems a little light. Um, yeah. They have 13 wide receivers, which is a laughably <laughs> large. To put that in perspective, they have 15 offensive linemen, which is the only Holy other position crap. that they have more than nine at. The, the nines are defensive line and linebacker. They have damn near like one and a half times that for wide receivers. It's, it's going to be hunger games for these wide receivers in camp. How are they going to have like Rodgers isn't going to throw in camp, right? He's not showing up to OTAs. The Benkert's arm is going to fall off. <laughs> How's he going to throw to this many guys? LaFleur is going to be out there in the sling. Yeah, you've got you've got Jordan Love, you got Kurt Bankert, and Danny Etling is still on the roster as a, a QB oh, four hell for yeah. the And Etling's a Etling's a quarterback slash wide receiver. Didn't like the Falcons <laughs> or something have him out at wide receiver? Oh, gosh, <laughs> that guy played wide receiver. Isn't he a big slow quarterback? I think he's uh, he's faster than you think. He's faster than you think. He had the preseason run right with the Patriots. He the long, yeah, he had the long pass yeah. run. And then I think he stuck with uh, the Falcons as a wideout at some point after like they yes. drafted Mac Jones and they had like stick him there. Very weird career for Danny oh Edling, for sure. <laughs> Cause he was, he was a Purdue guy for a while and then he transferred to LSU. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's worn weird. many hats. <laughs> this guy just bounces around the country. He's never bought a house in his life. There's no chance he's ever going to have the oh, chance. Yeah. He's just going country, country to country. Like, <laughs> Oh no. Um, they have five special teamers. That's still funny. I can't three kickers. It. Yeah, they have three kickers. That's... But like Mason's gonna make the team because Aaron likes him. I don't get what we're doing with the kickers. Unless Mason retires randomly in the middle of the offseason. I mean, yeah. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. I, I'm sure these numbers will change at some point. I would expect the wide receiver numbers to go down, or they're going to have to tap uh, Chris Blair on the shoulder and say, like, hey, I, look, you're a great kid, but I, I don't think you're making this team. They're going to have their rookie tryout soon. I'm sure they'll bring up, like, one or two guys from that. They always seem to, so. Yeah, Chris Blair and Rico Gafford are are as good as gone. I feel like yeah. those are the two. Those are the two you probably let loose for uh for tryout guys in the next two yeah. weeks. They get DMP'd before the Hunger Games even start. I think that's how <laughs> that's how that one works out. But these are our Green Bay Packers. How are we feeling? This is a good team. Still kind of yeah. worried about you know the youth of the wide receivers, but at least we have a lot of them now. There's and there's tools in that room, right? That's yeah. that's what you didn't necessarily feel good about coming into yesterday basically nobody nobody questions christian watson's tools um there was a uh was it jim Nagy tweeted out that uh archon just found this too and put in the in the in the slack that the max speeds measured at senior bowl uh christian watson was fifth at 20.7 miles per hour romeo dobbs was second at 21.25 miles per hour <laughs> guy can move that's gonna he be can fun run. There's, there's there's some wheels in that room now and uh i think we've sufficiently addressed the the question of where's this team going to replace the speed that mvs had and and that deep threat ability because you get two two three guys with with toure who can i think all three of those guys can do it and not to go back to the trade fully but one thing that does help me just move on from trading those two for second round picks for watson is the fact they were able to still get Agnabari yep. in the fifth, right? Yep. And, and we talked about that in isolation, but one of the big things that I did not like about moving out of those two second-round picks is because of how deep the edge class was in the second round. And it, it's not like a normal class. Like, there were guys, like, the Lions got Paschal. We're about to have to deal with Paschal for the next, like, eight years. He's, he's a good player. They could have gotten a guy like that if they would have stuck with their picks, they could have gotten someone like Drake Jackson who just got drafted by the uh, San Francisco 49ers. But the fact that they could get Egnabari there, I, I think eases my worries. Cause that's yeah. the big worry I had going into day three. They, we know they can draft offensive linemen. We know that they go after wide receivers with speed, but the fact that they were actually able to get an edge rusher in the fifth, which like never happens. Yeah. Was, was the big one. I do want to say hot take. I do think consider, all the picks they got on an already stacked defense if this stays healthy this is probably one of the best units in football and yeah. i as a pack like growing up a packers fan i can't conceptualize that like that Three corners two linebackers first time in my life and defensive linemen yeah what is going on man the the that's always sort of been the weird thing the last couple of years is it feels like the defense has always been less the, than the sum of its parts um this this is the year that that needs to change because the sum of its parts feels really freaking good right now. So if you can at least just get up to that level, um, the, the talent level on this defense is definitely higher than it has been at any point since probably 2009. I mean, back when that was a, a number one, number two defense in, in Capers first year with, with Clay and, and Raji and then, you know, Chuck Woodson's DPOI year. That's that's sort of the the gold standard for me in this recent you know three four era this last like fifteen years or so. So the the talent level now is as good as it's ever been you know since that point. Let's say it. Let's say it. I'm not scared. Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. Oh. Super Bowl. 
Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Get fitted. Get, Get ring that fitted. ring fitted. All right. Any parting thoughts, guys? I, I just want to say this. Go for it. No. C- congrats to Adam Senovich, probably the happiest guy in Green Bay. <laughs> and I just want to say this is this is my first time going through a draft year with you guys and and some of the the people that we've added at, at Active Packing Company over the last several months, and it has just been a freaking blast. Uh, this this has been an awesome couple months, um, couple weeks leading up to this, and then these last few days have been fantastic. Thanks to everyone who. Uh, who's reading the site, who participated in the Twitter spaces. That's definitely going to be something that we're going to do a lot more of moving forward because that was that was really good. And uh, and thank you to you guys for for adding so much to uh, to the whole environment at, at Acme and, and for everything that you guys have done these last several weeks. It's been great. I think I think we kind of killed it, guys. I think we kind of killed <laughs> I it. it. I appreciate that text, though, for real. I've really enjoyed talking ball with you guys. It's probably been the most fun. I've worked in a lot of places um doing sports writing this has been my favorite group of people blessed and our next project is what figuring out the last udfa and then uh which tryout guys <laughs> make the jump to the roster uh keep it to the acme packing company there's we're gonna have to fill the site with something yeah we got a plan man i'm gonna do film study on each prospect like one a week there we go throughout the off season to the point you're going to be like the draft was months ago, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm watching i uh, I'm watching Rashid Walker tape. It's good. That'll take, that'll take us right up to training camp. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right, guys. Uh, keep it tuned to the feed. Leave a review. If you enjoyed us this season, um, keep it tuned to the site. We're going to do Twitter spaces more often, probably not till uh, at least camp, but it's coming. It's coming. Or if they sign Julio. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) content machine.